Welcome to Biz Help For You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. There always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here is your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, Get Speaking Gigs Now, informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, a link is located under the episode directory on my Voice America page, as well as links for iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at mediaandabnp.com. Today I'm going to be covering a topic for which I can't specify the guest I had due to compliance issues. The financial planning industry has many rules and guidelines about what they can do and how information can be shared. Due to the regulations, I will share the information I gathered from my interview, but will not specify his name nor the company for whom he works. But I would like to give you some of his background so you know a bit about his experience. As a certified financial planner, the expert I interviewed works with clients in all stages of the wealth cycle to create solutions for each chapter of life. He adds value working with professional corporations and business owners to implement tax-advantaged plans for the owners and partners and also works with them on a personal level to help plan their income in retirement using strategies such as personal pensions, defined contribution plans, and net unrealized appreciation, NUA, for corporations issuing stock. I appreciate the time he took to spend with me to discuss the topic of investment planning for business owners. There's a lot of information to know about the topic of 401k plans for businesses, as well as what individuals need to know to determine how much to invest. The first question I asked was, what is the simplest way for a business owner to save for their retirement? He said the easiest way to save for retirement is on an individual level, so you don't have to own a business to put money away into a traditional IRA, which means individual retirement account, or a Roth IRA. The difference between those two accounts is from a taxation standpoint. In the Roth IRA, you put money in post-tax, meaning your earnings are taxed on your paycheck. The FICA, Social Security, and state taxes are paid on the full income earned, and then the investment goes into the Roth account. The value grows as the market dictates, and when you pull that money out later at retirement, after the age of 59 and a half, it is tax-free. The traditional IRA actually works opposite, as the money comes out of your check before it's taxed for the FICA and income taxes. Those deductions from the payroll check then go into the traditional IRA account and work to lower your taxable income for the year. But as the benefit grows and grows, so does the tax liability when you go to take the money out after 59 and a half. Not only are you taxed on the initial value invested, but on the gain earned as well. Question two was, and of course we know there are limitations to how much can be put away. So can you tell us what those are? He stated that the Roth is probably the easiest and most cost-effective, and like I said, there are certain limitations. The IRS is going to mandate that you can only put in $6,000 per year if you're under the age of 50, and then once you reach the age of 50, you can contribute an additional $1,000 as a catch-up payment, so that gives you $7,000 total. And if you think about how much money you're going to need for a 20 or 30 year retirement, $6,000 on an annual basis probably isn't going to be enough. So that is when you need to start looking at other plans. And as you mentioned, the 401k, that's one of the options. But there's a whole alphabet soup of different letters of different types of retirement plans that they can use that will allow them to put away a significant amount more than just the $6,000 or $7,000 that you're able to do inside a Roth or a traditional IRA. So my third question to him was, we've been talking about the individual and IRAs, 
But what can they do if they're also a business owner to maximize their tax savings? He said, being a business owner allows you a lot more options than if you're just an individual or a W-2 employee. I had mentioned in my question earlier to him about the 401ks, and he said that's a very popular option. The 401k allows you to put away a more significant amount of money, and these all depend on ages, but you can put away 19500 in 2020 if you are 50 or older. The catch-up allows you to do 26000 and what that does is allow you to save significantly more than just the $6,000 or $7,000 allowed in the Roth or traditional IRAs. And you can have both an IRA, either a traditional or Roth, and also have the 401k. So now you can begin putting away a significant amount more money. There are also profit-sharing plans that the employees can do. A simplified employee pension, which is a SEP IRA, in which employees can have that will actually allow them to put away $57,000. So when looking at all of the different plans, there are so many out there that it can be confusing and daunting. The first thing that you want to do is figure out exactly what is your goal. What are you trying to accomplish? Is it that you want to put away the most amount of money possible? Do you want to put away money tax-free in something like the Roth, because you can do a Roth in a 401k plan? Or do you want to provide some type of benefit to your employees to make your company more attractive and be able to acquire and hire better talent? So that's the first step, to figure out what is my main goal for this plan? And once you have that, you can start going through which plan is right for you and your business. The next question I asked was, so when you mentioned the SEP, as well as saving $57,000, someone could do that plus the $6,000 in a traditional IRA, and those can be combined, or are they just pick one or the other? And he said those can be completely combined. What the IRS is going to look at is you as an individual, and that would be the Roth or the traditional IRA accounts. And then they're going to look at your business, and they're going to say, You're doing, as an individual, the Roth IRA, and your business is doing the SEP. And they look at them completely separately. So the nice thing is, you can start to combine some of these plans, and you can even have three or four different types of plans. You can have a 401k, you can have a profit-sharing plan, and you could have a Roth IRA. Now, when we start looking at what do we need to do to get to your retirement goals... Maybe it's all three of these or two of the plans working together to help you achieve the goal because they're each going to accomplish something different. So the next question I had was, I had a thought while you were talking because as a business owner, sometimes cash flow can become an issue. And let's say someone had put some money away into one of these accounts and then they're a little tight on cash and need to pull some money out. Can they, number one, pull funds out? And if so, what would be the repercussions of doing so? He said that that's going to vary from plan to plan. This is where things in the retirement landscape can get a little bit murky. So let me try to make it a little bit more clear. When you look at the Roth IRA, the money goes into the Roth and you can always get back your initial contribution. So, for example, let's say you put $5,000 that went into the Roth IRA account. You can always take back that $5,000, no questions asked. No taxes, no penalty. It doesn't matter what the reason is. You can use it for fun and have a big party. But what you can't do is take your gains until you reach the age of 59 and a half. For instance, if you invested $5,000 and it grew to seven or 8000 We know the 5,000 is always fair game, no questions asked, but now the gains cannot be removed until you reach what the government considers the retirement age of 59 and a half. The 401k and the SEPs are going to work differently. They are not going to give you as much liquidity, so the IRS is giving you this tax deferral. And the way they look at it, if they were giving this to use for retirement, then the money can only be used for retirement. So with the SEP, for example, 
There aren't too many reasons you can take that money out without paying taxes, and then you'd pay a 10% penalty on top of that. With the 401k, and again, here's where things start to get a little bit murky, it depends on the specific type of 401k plan. A lot of 401k plans have loan provisions which allow you to borrow that money you did invest in the 401k plan and pay it back. The good news is, when you borrow that money and pay it back, you are paying interest like you would if you borrowed from a bank. Except here, in the 401k, you're paying the interest back to yourself. So that can be advantageous. As you are borrowing that money for whatever the reason, the money is not in the market, so it's not growing. But you're paying yourself back and giving yourself a little bit of interest. And I commented, what it sounds like then is that a person needs to really look at their year ahead and maybe leave money out of these types of accounts for easy access in case they think they might run into some cash flow issues. And if they have the money available that isn't needed, they can pay it in towards the end of the year instead of having it invested. And then they're kind of stuck because they don't have the cash. And he said that's the problem business owners often face, is making sure they have the cash flow. Now, the nice thing about the Roth and the traditional IRA is that the IRS is going to let you put that money in up until your tax filing deadline for the previous year. And the same's for the SEP IRA. For example, if you want to put money into your IRA, you have until the individual tax filing deadline of April 15th to make that contribution. So you have a little extra time. For the SEP IRA, you have until you file your taxes for that year. So if you're putting money into a SEP IRA and file an extension, now instead of the April deadline, you're not filing your tax return until October, you can put money in for 2019 all the way up until October of 2020. It just depends on your tax filing date. The plan that has a very firm and hard date is the 401k. Once the ball has dropped on New Year's Eve and it becomes January 1st, you can no longer go back and put money in for the previous year's 401k plan. So my comment back to him was basically a person should probably sit down with a professional, whether it's a financial planner or even their CPA, and really look at what they're going to need for the next coming year, what they want to do for retirement planning, and how much do they want to put away, but really decide what they can do and what are the best vehicles for what they want to have happen for their investments. He said I brought up a good point about the CPA. Most certified financial planners are not tax experts. They know some about taxes as they relate to investing, but it's not their expertise. An accountant will know specifically the tax laws, and as the financial planner starts putting together and designing these plans, they like to work very closely with the CPA. They see things from the tax And the financial planner sees things from the investment side and explains what the client is hoping to accomplish. They ask, what does the CPA think is the best solution? And what makes the most sense for the individual investor? And that is where the CPA will have broad knowledge and say, here's what I see coming up. And here are some of the tax changes coming. And here's how the business can grow. Here's where we need to make a move. And so the CPA is going to play a very key role in the planning. I commented that as a professional bookkeeper, I always recommend to my clients to sit down with the professionals they are in their world so everyone knows what's going on, especially the CPA and the financial planner. If you can have a meeting at the same time, you can really discuss what your goals are, including what the tax implications are, and you can make those decisions together. So I asked again, what are the benefits that the employers can offer to employees? The most commonly used benefit is the 401k plan. That's one that most of the big corporations have. It tends to offer a wide variety of investment choices, and it lets the employees also contribute as well. The employee then can say that they want to save for their retirement, and having deductions from paychecks directly that holds them accountable to their goals by putting a portion of their paycheck aside and helping them start saving for the future. If you think back 20 or 30 years ago, everybody got a pension, and we've missed out on that opportunity when everyone got a pension and can retire in peace. Not having a pension puts the onus on the individual to save for their future, and it can be very hard for business owners. If you think about a business owner's focus, it's on running the business and growing the company. 
And things like retirement planning sometimes get pushed to the wayside because there's so much going on with the day-to-day operations of the business. The 401k would be a good option to provide not only retirement for the business owner, but also for their employees as well. Well, it's actually time to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to continue to chat about the investment options for both the employee and the business owner. You're listening to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer on Voice America Internet Radio. We'll be right back after this brief commercial break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses, such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Biz Help for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to Biz Help for You. Welcome back to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. In the last segment, I discussed the difference between Roth and traditional IRAs as well as 401k plans. Now let's learn more about retirement options and costs associated with implementing them. So my next question was, who all is involved in actually creating those tax advantage savings plans? He said, you have to remember that this is the government we're talking about, so there have to be many people involved. You just can't set this up on your own. It seems the more people, the better when the government is involved. So there's a triangle of people working together. We've already mentioned the CPA who will be looking over the information and deciding what will work best from the taxpayer standpoint. You have the financial advisor or financial planner with you looking at things from an investment standpoint, basically how to invest in these plans. Then you have to bring in another person called a third-party administrator, also known as a TPA. The TPA can't be a financial advisor or a tax person. They have to be a completely independent third party, and what the third party administrator is going to do is make sure that the 401k plan adheres to all of the ERISA guidelines set by the Department of Labor. ERISA stands for the Employee Retirement Income Security Act of 1974, and it is a federal law that sets minimum standards for most voluntarily established retirement and health plans in private industry 
to provide protection for individuals in these plans. So they are going to make sure that this would be compliant, they're going to be the 401k police, and make sure that the plan is set up properly and being operated correctly. My comment at that time was, I had been looking at information recently, and it can be a bit overwhelming when you're looking at these different plans and different rules when you have to put in so much and there are always different guidelines. So I think it's a bit overwhelming for business owners to even know the information. Like you said, once the government gets involved, it becomes even more complicated. He had the response, you have to remember with the government, it's always a give and take. They're going to give you a benefit on the one hand and take with the other. The government says, okay, you can set up the 401k plans and you're more than welcome to do that and you can put money away for yourself but they want to make sure that it's not just the key employees and owners and highly compensated workers that are participating. They want to make sure that everyday rank and file employees or your average worker is also participating or getting some type of incentive to be in the plan. A lot of times when you set up the 401k plans and create them, you may have to provide a certain amount of matching dollars for your employees And the first thing a business owner might think is that they don't want to provide employees with matching funds. But the IRS is going to say, hey, listen, if you're going to put money in for yourself, that means you have to put in X amount for your employees. Otherwise, the plan will become non-compliant. And those are some of the things that third-party administrators will monitor. So then I have the comment that this comes back to the fact that it's not that the employers want to be mean and not share with the employees. I think it always comes back to cash flow. As I'm working with clients and we do bookkeeping and we do financials, I see a lot of clients, especially when they're starting out in business or maybe it's the first few years or it's an industry with slim margins and they worry about having enough cash to operate. They think, if I put this much away, I might not be able to meet my other obligations that I have for normal expenses. So I think that's one of the worries that people have. And he said, yes, it's a big problem. And you have to worry about scaling your business. As your business grows, you're going to get more and more employees. Now that you have more and more employees, there are more and more matching dollars that you have to provide. And again, it's not that you want to shut your employees out, but you have to think, okay, I'm putting away money for myself, and that means I have to give funds to employees as well. And you have to think about how that will pan out from a cash flow standpoint. So my next question was, well, how would you determine what plan is best for an individual and or a business? And he said, that's where it's going to come back to the triangle of the financial advisor, the CPA, and the third-party administrator. At some point as an investor, you have to do your own research, but you are going to rely on them. Like we discussed earlier in the episode, your biggest thing is figuring out what is your main goal? What is the main thing that you want to do? Do you want to put money away for yourself? Do you want to make your positions that you are hiring for more competitive and say, hey, look, I have a 401k plan and use that as a barometer? then you'll have to figure out how much you want to put away. We talked about the 401k and we've talked about the SEP IRAs. There are ways you can increase that even more. There are things like defined benefit plans, also known as the cash balance plan. And with those plans, you can put away up to $225,000 a year. So those plans are going to allow you to put away a significant amount of money. But you know, as you can imagine, The more money you are putting away, the more you have to give to employees. And the IRS is going to have quite a big hand in that as well. My next question was, what are the costs that are associated with setting up these different types of plans? He said the cost will vary depending on the plan. Let's take a look at the 401k plan, since that is probably the one that is most widely used. And we'll look at that and then counteract it with the SEP. So with the 401k plan, you'll have the third-party administrator, and there's going to be two costs associated with that. One, there's going to be a setup cost, which gets the plan started and operating, kind of like when you get a gym membership. There's your initiation fee, something like that, where you have to pay the setup cost, 
And then you have the ongoing annual cost for them to monitor the plan. And it varies depending on the size of the business. But know that you can figure if you're an average small to medium-sized business with somewhere around 10 employees, setup costs will be a little over $1,000 and your annual maintenance fees between $1,500 and $2,000. And the more employees you get, the more expensive those costs will be. The consideration with those costs is that they are fixed. You can't set up a 401k plan without a third-party administrator. So the thought of, hey, I'll just do it myself, or I'll have my buddy do it for me, isn't going to work. You have to have the TPA, and you have to incur those costs. The second cost you're going to incur is the investment cost from the financial advisor standpoint. They're going to pick and choose and select for you to be in certain investments in the 401k plan, and those investments will have some type of cost as well. So then you have the TPA cost and the cost of investment in the financial advisor. And then we get back to the third side of the triangle. And once again, you have the CPA. So imagine your CPA is going to charge you a certain amount if you have a 401k plan that they have to account for in taxes. And they are going to charge you a little bit of a higher amount to prepare the tax return. So now the cost of doing your taxes on an annual basis is going to go up as well compared to if you didn't have this aspect to account for when filing the tax return. Those are the costs of the 401k, and people often think that sure is a lot of cost, and that is why the SEP, the Simplified Employee Pension Plan, tends to be attractive to smaller businesses with fewer employees. And the way the SEP works is you eliminate that third-party administrator, so now you don't need the TPA. You're still going to have the advisor, you're still going to have the CPA, but now with the TPA out of the picture, that can save on the cost a little bit. The flip side with the SEP is that you will definitely have to give a certain amount of compensation to all of your employees, and it's based on their age and hours worked. But now you have to look and say, how many employees do I have, and does the SEP make sense? So my comment was, so you're either going to pay a third-party administrator, or you're going to pay it out in these other costs that you're incurring. No matter what, you're paying it out. And he said, the area where the SEPs work best and where we tend to use a lot is if you have an owner-operator run business when they don't have any employees. Now they are the only person to whom they have to pay and put that money into their own account since they don't have employees. When you start adding employees, you can put the money away for yourself, but you have to give a certain amount to the employees. So if you're a business owner and have no employees, nine times out of 10, the SEP can be the right solution for you. My next question said, in that case, if somebody had a SEP and now they start hiring employees, do they convert to a regular 401k plan? What would happen in that case? He said they certainly can keep the SEP. They don't have to get rid of it, but then they might have to take a look and say, okay, I'm paying out X dollars to employees and does it make sense to convert to a 401k plan? And it depends on the number of employees and the amounts of benefits you're giving. But generally, once you get to the threshold of more than five employees or so, it starts making sense to look at the 401k plan. My next question was, how are all of these plans monitored and maintained? He stated, monitoring is going to be crucial the Department of Labor has pretty strict regulations and guidelines, and if you're not following them, they can fine you a significant amount of money, not just for the infraction, but for every single day that you have become out of compliance. That's why it's very important to make sure your plan is set up properly and administered properly, and the third-party administrator is going to handle most of that work. So they're going to make sure that the plan is set up properly and worked out, Notification is also a big one, and we're seeing more and more of this. When you set up a 401k plan, you have to provide certain amount of notifications to your employees about the performance of the investment and if the investment changes. TPAs have different setups, and sometimes they're going to say that you are responsible to mail all of these notices and do all of the education. Sometimes the TPAs will take on the responsibility themselves and say they are liable and will take on all the liability to mail out the information and all of the compliance material to your employees. But guess what? 
they're probably going to charge you a little bit more for doing that. So you have to decide if you want to take on the liability or if you want to push that liability onto a third-party administrator. My next question was, that's one thing I was going to ask too. If the business has an administrator helping with the notifications, is there liability on the business owner to monitor it as well, or is it mainly that they are depending on the TPA? This is where it gets tricky. Yes, you are depending on the TPA, but at the end of the day, the business owner is the one who is signing off on all the documents. So the business is going to have an authorized signer that sign the forms you have to submit to the Department of Labor every single year called the 5500 form. And yes, the TPA is going to give you all the necessary information. They're going to create it for you. But at the end of the day, it's your signature on there. You want to make sure when you're working with an advisor or a third-party administrator or a CPA that you have somebody who knows what they're doing and have someone reputable to make sure that it was done properly. So my next question was, we keep talking about this TPA. Do the business owners have to find them themselves? Or if they go to someone and say, help me set up my 401k, does the investment company help find the TPA? How do they get that person to do the services for them? And he said it could be either or. So for his team, they work on quite a bit of the business owner's retirement plans, and they have a handful of third-party administrators they've worked with in the past who are doing a really good job, and they're very satisfied with them. That being said, if they ever have a client that says, oh, my brother-in-law is a TPA, or my buddy is a TPA, and I want to use him, they'll vet them a little bit to make sure they're competent. But as long as it's somebody who's good, you can use whoever you want. Just make sure that they're competent. Your financial advisor may have somebody that he usually recommends, but that doesn't mean that you have to use them. You can use whoever you want as the business owner. The next question I had was, if so so if someone wanted to get a referral, they could even ask a CPA or someone who's in the financial professional realm to see if they know someone. He said, CPAs are great people to know because when you think of everything that goes on with the business... Somehow, it always comes back to taxes at some point. So a CPA is going to know financial professionals. They're going to know third-party administrators, estate planning attorneys. So the CPA is especially a good resource for you. If you have a good CPA that you work with and you like them, they probably have a pretty good network of people that they can recommend to you. My caveat with recommendations is that whenever I recommend someone, we always recommend two or three people. All the people can be great because they're all competent and they can all be good at what they do. But think about it. If you have your business, you're going to be working with these people for 10, 20, 30 plus years and they can really be good at numbers and calculations, but maybe they're not that fun to talk to. Or maybe you just don't know how to communicate well with each other. My comment was you have to build a relationship with them over time. And that is someone with whom you want to talk to and meet with and get advice from. Exactly. He said, you don't want to be involved with a person that every time they call and the phone rings, you look and say, oh, no, they're calling and dreading taking their call. If you do, you might want to look into working with someone else. And it's time to take another quick break. Be sure to hang around to hear more on the different vehicles that can be used to save for retirement through your business. We'll be right back after a brief commercial break. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you up late at night after a long day's work trying to do your bookkeeping? Are you frustrated with your lack of QuickBooks knowledge or feel you don't understand it at all? Do payroll tax calculations and reporting stress you out? Whether you're a sole proprietor or an officer of a corporation, Affordable Bookkeeping and Payroll Services is here to help. We work with overwhelmed entrepreneurs to remove the burden of bookkeeping and payroll tasks, giving them peace of mind and the freedom to do the parts of the business they love. 
Our bookkeeping clients include service-based businesses such as medical offices, fast food restaurants, landscapers, and gyms. We also assist franchise owners to create the necessary reports to submit each month. We are a full-service payroll company, assisting clients of 1 to 120 employees. We offer full and self-service options. If you're ready to offload tasks that burden you, reach out to us today at 310-534-5577 or email contact at abandp.com. Call us today. Have peace of mind tonight. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Biz Help for You. If you have a question or comment about the show, send us an email to media at abnp.com. That's media at abandp.com. Now, back to Biz Help for You. Welcome back to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Today I'm sharing information from an interview I conducted with a financial advisor recently. Let's find out a bit more about how to determine which IRA may be right for you, as well as recent legislation called the SECURE Act and the changes this brings. So my next question was, so what if the plan is set up and the owner decides they don't want to continue? He said that that can happen, and we've been hitting on that theme quite a bit. You set up the plan, business is going great, and all of a sudden, you have cash flow issues. So depending on the type of plan, the IRAs are easy as they are at will. You can contribute one year and not the next. Contribute half the next year and that there's no onus on those investment changes. There are certain types of plans, though. For example, we talked about the defined benefit plan. You have to contribute a certain amount every single year. It's set up based on the definition of a defined benefit, which is giving you a certain amount of money in retirement that is all based off of how much you contribute. So you have to contribute a certain amount each year. Most plans, though, will allow some flexibility on that. And at the end of the day, if it comes down to it and you have a 401k plan set up and you just don't want to administer it anymore, you can just dissolve the plan completely and you can put it into an IRA, and each participant will then take their money from the 401k and move it into their IRA account. This is a fairly simple and straightforward process. It happens quite a bit as businesses go through their life cycles. One thing to keep in mind though, if you do decide to dissolve the plan, generally you can't do any other plan for 12 months after you decide to dissolve it. You can't just get rid of it for six months and say, hey, I wanna get back in. You usually have to wait 12 months before setting up the plan. And I had stated that I thought that was very interesting because I hadn't heard that before. And he said, it happens. Businesses change, cash flow changes, and even the goals of the business change. So something that you want to make sure is that the, the plan is flexible. When you're talking to your CPA or financial advisor, if that is a concern, say, I think the business is going this way, but who knows what's going to happen? And so making sure that you're in the right plan where you don't have to contribute every single year the same amount, and there are plans that have a lot more flexibility. My next question said, when you're talking about the defined benefit plan and there's really no flexibility, what happens if the business is getting into cash flow issues and things are tight and they really don't have the funds to make the payments? Do they have to take out a loan so they can have the money to do it? He said that you can. If you've had the plan for three years, then you're able to unwind it into an IRA. However, if you do that, there's potential, and I say potential because who knows what the IRS will do, that there's a potential to trigger an IRS audit. That's one of the things the IRS looks for. You set up this plan, and you said this plan would be there for 20 years, and now after three years, you've completely gotten rid of it. What's going on? 
And if you know if it's a legitimate business reason and you can say that cash went down, they're going to accept that. If you just say, I want to dump money for a couple of years and then bail out on it, that's not going to be a legitimate reason. So if you do unwind the defined benefit plan, you better be able to answer some questions should the IRS come knocking at your door. My comment then was, this all can get a little bit scary talking about the IRS knocking on your door. Business owners don't like to hear the words IRS or audit. He said, nope, that's a bad word for sure. But generally, if you have a plan set up correctly and then manage it the right way, you can say what you want about the IRS and no one is a friend of them. But they put these plans in place for a reason. They want people to start saving for retirement. They want people to be able to put money away and to live out their retirement and have a steady flow of income. The other option is that they live off of the government and live off of the state, so they want these plans to be successful. You just have to make sure you're following the rules. And then I had a comment. I said that I thought we'd already discussed this, but it is one I want to make sure that we covered completely, and that is the difference between tax-free and tax-deferred options. And he said, I'll break it down plan by plan. The 401k is going to offer you both, and it depends how you set up the plan. The 401k will offer you tax-free and tax-deferred options. And remember, the differences are that in the tax-free plan, which would be equivalent to the Roth, the money is going to be taxed on your paycheck before you get that money. And so all the deductions are going to come out prior to you making your investment. In the traditional, or 401k, tax-deferred option, the money doesn't get taxed prior to the investment and bypasses all of the tax structures and goes directly into the 401k plan. And so people will ask tax-free or tax-deferred, what is the difference and what do I want? The biggest thing to remember is what your current tax bracket is and what is your future tax bracket going to be like. If you are in a low tax bracket now, then do the tax-free Roth IRA because you don't need that deduction now. But if you're in the highest tax bracket and you're paying in almost 50% of your income to taxes, maybe you want that to go directly into the traditional IRA and have your investment tax-deferred. The thought process is 20 or 30 years down the road, you sell a business and you're living the good life sitting by the beach, drinking margaritas, and all of a sudden you're in the lowest tax bracket available. And so when you put that money in when you're in the 50% tax bracket, and then you pull the money out in maybe 15 or 18% tax bracket, you really have to look at where your income is now and where you think your income is going to be. So my comment to that was, and hoping the tax laws don't change too much because you are making assumptions right now. And he said, the government never changes tax laws, right? But seriously, tax laws do change and frequently change. But if you think about it, you know when we had the Tax Cuts and Job Act of 2017, that was the biggest tax overhaul we'd seen in 30 plus years. So there's always going to be minor tweaks and changes but the government is as slow as molasses in January. So you are not going to see a lot of major tax changes and movements as they are very hard to get through the law reform process. So there will be again tweaks and changes, but a full scale tax overhaul will be difficult to pull off from the government standpoint. So my comment then was, so using the current tax amounts right now is a reasonable assumption to make the decision, should I do pre-tax or tax deferred for the moment? And he said, yes, the brackets may go up slightly or they may go down slightly, but I don't think there's going to be a major change in those. So my next question was, what would be the first step for someone to set up a plan? He said, the first step is to talk to your financial professionals and say, this is what I'm thinking of doing. What do you recommend? And I will tell you that not every financial advisor focuses on retirement planning. So make sure you have one that does retirement plans and knows retirement plans. That is not to say that they're a bad advisor if they don't. It's just a whole different subset. Some advisors focus only on individuals. Some advisors will focus on businesses. So it depends. So make sure you have someone who works that aspect of the planning. But say, here's what I'm looking to find. If they're doing their job, they should be asking a lot of questions such as, what are you trying to accomplish? 
how much do you want to put away? And once they start drilling down on some of those and narrow it down, they could say, we have three or four different choices to go from. Now let's start drilling down a little bit deeper. And what are we going to go with? Then the CPA is going to get involved. The third party administrator will get involved. And that's when you start fine tuning and figuring out exactly what you want and how the plans are going to operate. My comment was, well, that's a lot to consider at first. Again, asking for a referral to someone saying, who do you know who does retirement planning and getting someone that's highly recommended is always a good step. He said that our team does quite a bit. We do 401ks, we do cash balance plans, we do SEPs. So that tends to be a pretty big part of our business. What our strategy is when working with business owners is we always like to be a resource. Maybe we're not going to be the company or advisor you go with, but feel free to give us a call and chat with us. And if we can't help you, we can at least steer you in the right direction and put you onto someone who can. So my next question to him was, how long would the process take to set up a plan and start implementing it in a business? And he said it depends on what type of plan you're looking to do. The individual plans, the Roth and the traditional IRAs, those can be set up in almost a day. You can go online to Schwab or E-Trade or any of those sites, put in your social security number, date of birth, and you have yourself an account. Those are very easy to open up. When you start dealing with the third-party administrators and the 401k plans and defined benefit plans, we have a lot more work to do. Generally, you're going to want to do a census of all your employees. So they're going to have to get their name, their birth date, how long they've been employed, what are their salaries, and put it all together. If you're looking at doing the 401k plan, it's probably going to take over a month. That's if everything goes smoothly. So if you want to get a plan in place, make sure you leave enough time to get the process through to completion before the end of the year. We're early in the year now, but business owners often put off doing things thinking they'll have plenty of time to do so. But often they put off doing these things to run their business, and then they run out of time for the current year. The SEP plans are a little bit easier and as well. And remember, the SEPs can also be funded for the previous year before you do your taxes. My next comment was, as we were talking, I was thinking that I had a couple of questions. One of them might lead into the other question, but what's the deadline to actually get one of these opened? You know, for a business to have it ready to go. Because like you said, it takes a bit of time. But is it December 31st that I need to have it done? Does it need to be earlier? For a 401k, it must be finalized at the close of business on December 31st. And I will tell you that the financial and tax community tends to enjoy the holidays quite a bit. So when you start looking around Christmas or New Year's time, it's probably too late to get the plan set up. So you want to make sure you have that buttoned up by the beginning or mid-December at the absolute latest. So my comment was, or do your favor, do a favor to your CPA and have it done before Thanksgiving. So you can touch on the Calif and then we're going to touch on the California mandatory retirement plans. I know I have a lot of people listening here in California, and I'm sure other states are probably talking about doing similar things. With the CalSaver plan, it's important to know that if you have five or more, you need to put this into place. If you have 100 employees, you have to have some type of retirement plan set up by June 30th, 2020. If you have 50 or more employees, you have to have it set by June 30th, 2021. And if you have five or more employees, you have to have the plan set up by June 20th, 2022. And I also wanted to just touch on the SECURE Act that was recently passed. Uh, it passed December 19th, 2019. And it's meant to increase access to tax advantage accounts and prevent older Americans from outliving their assets. Uh, the key points of the legislation included, it will make it easier for small business owners to set up safe harbor retirement plans that are less expensive and easier to administer and raises the wage cap from 10% to 15%. Many part-time workers are eligible to participate. It raises the age for required minimum distributions from 70 and a half to 72, and it allows contributions indefinitely into traditional IRAs. Most non-spouses inheriting IRAs will have to take distributions that bring the account value to zero within 10 years. Uh, 
Employers who create a 401k or simple IRA can receive a tax credit of $500 per year. Employees who work 1,000 hours in the year or have three consecutive years of 500 hours worked can enroll. It allows the use of 529 plans for qualified student loan repayments, and it permits penalty-free withdrawals up to $5,000 from a 401k plan to use toward the cost of adopting a child. According to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, 55% of the adult population participates in workplace retirement plans, and most of them are significantly behind where they should be in savings. Many small business owners didn't offer plans due to the expense and difficulty administering them, and this legislation aims to make it easier for them to offer their plans to employees. If you have more questions about this, you can give me a call or send an email to media at abmp.com and I can forward the document to you that gives more specific information. So it looks like we're out of time for today. I'm thankful that I was able to sit down with the financial advisor and get the information on retirement planning to share with you today. And I'm glad you were able to join me to hear this discussion on investing and the 401k plans. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answered some of your questions surrounding the 401k plans and how you can use them to assist your employees as well as yourself to save for retirement. If you have additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to me by sending a message to media at abandp.com. Next week's topic is your attitude and its effect on how you lead and serve. I hope you can join us for this presentation. And please remember you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is www.abandp.com. Links can be found on my Voice America page. And would you please share our show information with those you know? I'd really appreciate your support. Remember to tune in each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And if you can't join us for the live show... You can find the episode saved on the business channel on www.voiceamerica.com or find the podcast posted on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to BizHelp for You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a terrific week.